Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. First Kings chapter 18, when you have it, please stand to your feet, and we're going to start at verse 41. And it says this out of the New King James Version. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Ahab was the king, go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and uh, the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. We'll stop there. And I want to today speak from this subject, the ABCs of effective prayers. The ABCs of effective prayers. And I'm excited about this word today. Let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word. Brings life, it brings light. We desperately need this word. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, you would speak from heaven today. God, we need to pray effectively. And I pray that this scripture will be the blueprint that will take us to a new level so that our prayers would be prayers that help us to win. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The ABCs of effective prayers. Yeah. Elijah is one of the most revered prophets of all time. And Elijah was running up into opposition because Elijah wanted the children of Israel to follow Christ, and to follow God rather, and to follow God's laws and his systems and his worship. But yet the children of Israel, it seemed like with each king they would fall further and further away from the plan of God. So Elijah was this prophet that stood up, and he stood up in the people because he was the voice of God. Now there came a time when Elijah and God, they were fed up with the way that the children of Israel were worshiping other idols. They were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Ashtoreth. And so God said, you know what, Elijah, I'm ready to do something about all of this idol worship, all of this apostasy that is pervasive amongst the people. So I want you, Elijah, to go up to Mount Carmel, and I want you to have a showdown with the prophets of Baal. 
because I'm going to, as God, rain down fire on the mountain. Now, this is one of the most magnificent, magnificent and awe-spiring, just unbelievable miracles in the Bible. Because Elijah goes up to the mountain, and 450 prophets of Baal also go up to this mountain. And Elijah says, here are the rules. You know, you know any good fight has to have rules. Until somebody starts breaking the rules, then then it's all then it, it's no holds barred, right? Then you start biting, you start doing all type of stuff just to win the fight. But this fight had rules, and the rules were: you got an opportunity to call on your God, and the God that answered your cry by fire, He was God. So the prophets of Baal they built an altar. They built it up, put a sacrifice on it, and they began to cry unto Baal. And they said, oh, Baal, hear our cry. Please rain down fire on this altar. Now, nah, I don't know what they really said, but they, but they were praying. They were crying to Baal. They cried so long because Baal wasn't answering. It, it, the day just grew on and grew longer and grew longer and, and no answer from Baal and Elijah was so confident in God in Jehovah that he would answer him that he started to mock the prophets of Baal and he said hey maybe your God is on a vacation man a vacation sounds good <laughs> oh boy uh, after a week of my kids being home from school, I already need a vacation, man. Oh, vacation sounds good. Elijah said, man, maybe your God is on a vacation. He started to make fun of them, started to talk about them. And no answer from Baal. So Elijah said, you know what? It's my turn, and I'm going to call on Jehovah. So Elijah built the altar back up, and he even poured water on the altar just in case they would say you had a little fire going before you called on Jehovah. And, and, and it didn't take long. And Elijah cried unto God, God rained down fire on the altar. It consumed the sacrifice. Uh, the King James Version says it licked up the water. The water that was there, it consumed water. You ever see fire consume water? No, it doesn't really ever consume water, but this fire was different. And Elijah had this great victory on Mount Carmel. He ran after the prophets of Baal. He killed all the evil prophets of Baal because he wanted to bring the people back into alignment with God. And the people shouted and said, yeah, God is the true God. We're with you, Elijah. And, Eli and God says to Elijah, your work isn't done. I've rained down fire from heaven. But you know what? Three and a half years ago, Elijah, you declared that the rain would stop in the land of Israel. You declared that there would be a famine in the land and that no drop of rain would fall from the sky. And it's been three and a half years. And now, Elijah, I want you to bring back the rain. Yeah. I want you to bring back the rain. Now, I believe this text is a blueprint for how we as believers should pray. And not only pray, but pray effective prayers. 
Now, this text is not usually the quintessential text that we go to when we're talking about prayer. When we talk about prayer, we always run to when Jesus says, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah, we run to that. But I believe Elijah was praying. Now, in the text that we read, it doesn't say that Elijah was praying. But if you use your Bible to be a Bible that corroborates other scriptures, because you can't read your Bible in isolation. You need to read the whole thing and put pieces together in order to come to full and concise and clear conclusions. So one would say Elijah wasn't praying in this text, but James says Elijah was praying. If you go to James chapter 5, the Bible says this in James' account, because James has insight to what Elijah was doing. And in verse 17, it says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Verse 18, it says that, And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So James is saying that what Elijah was doing was that Elijah was in prayer. Let's just establish that. He was praying. So if Elijah was praying, what in the world did Elijah do in order to cause it to rain? Now, I'm not trying to judge your prayer life in here today, but I don't think anybody in here, including me, has ever caused it to rain or stopped it from raining. You know, Kids are funny because my son Caleb, four years old, comes up to me this week because we had um, some, a little get-together, and it was raining. And he says, Dad, why don't you just pray that the rain will go away? And it hit me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's kind of that's like, man, I should have the ability to do that. Elijah did it. And I said, well, son, uh, it's not that easy. I said, get out of here, boy. Stop, stop trying. You know when um, kids actually catch you? All you can do as a parent is be like, shut up, boy. Be quiet, boy. Or get out of here. Go run. Because you ain't got an answer. So I was like, uh, Caleb, you know, don't worry about that, man. Who controls the rain? And he was like, God does. I was like, so daddy can't control the rain. You got to go to God with that. But in fact, Elijah could control the rain. So I want to give you the ABCs of Elijah's effective prayer. And letter A is, the first thing that we see in the text is that Elijah assumes the position. The, the Bible says that Elijah runs back up to the mountain, the very mountain that he was able to rain down fire upon or call down fire upon, he runs back up to the Mount Carmel and he assumes a position. Now, prayer becomes a place or a point or a position where you can be effective if you assume a position. The Bible says that Elijah runs up to the mountain and 
he puts his head in between his knees. Okay? And, and you know what happens is, when he puts his head in between his knees, he hears a sound. Just like you just heard that sound, he hears a sound of an abundance of rain. He has his head in between his knees because he is assuming a position. And he hears something just like that where he can hear the thunder. He can't see anything, but he can hear a hum. Yeah, he can hear a sound that only he can hear, but nobody else can hear. Sounds a little bit like a hum a rumbling that he hears in his spirit that is inaudible to other people. His head is in between his knees and he's hearing this rumbling. Now, when you pray effective prayers, you have got to assume a position. Now, I'm not telling you your prayer has to be effective only when you do what Elijah did. I'm not saying your prayer is only effective when you kneel down. I'm not saying your prayer can't be effective when you're driving your car. But when I'm talking about the first thing you got to do is assume a position, I'm saying that you have got to assume the position of humility. That when you go to God, you have got to be humble. You see, what Elijah is doing right here, Sue, what he is doing right here is different than when he was last on top of this mountain. When Elijah was up against the 450 prophets of Baal, he was not in the position that he is in now. He is in a bold, upright position where he is declaring that God would rain down fire from heaven. But sometimes our prayers are ineffective because we haven't assumed the right position. That you are bold and upright, but you have not humbled yourself to get into the position of an ask. The position of an ask. Because the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. If you're going to ask something from your father, you've got to be humble. Because my kids, Trenda, there's no way my kids are going to get anything they ask for if they don't ask properly. (laughs) When they lose themselves, and they forget whose kids they are, and they come up to me or my wife and they say, I want, I said, oh no, they lost it. (laughs) And they're not asking properly. But you've got to remember who your God is. And maybe you haven't been effective in your prayers or seeing results in your prayers because you haven't humbled yourself. Elijah is in a position of humility. When you ask, it's different than when you demand. And there are certain things. My wife and I were having a conversation yesterday. 
and it was so enlightening because we realized that there are certain things you need to ask from God and there are certain things that you need to declare from God. The things that you declare are things that you have a right to. But the things that you ask for are things that he doesn't necessarily have to do. But it's something that you desire. And maybe you are declaring where you should be asking. And you're asking where you should be declaring. And Elijah knew the difference. He knew that in order to bring down fire, he had to declare it. But now that he's asking for rain, he has to ask for it. Oh, y'all up in here looking at me like I'm crazy. Maybe you need to start asking and stop demanding. Because you only have a right to certain things. You have a right to good health. You have a right to be debt-free. Because he says you should not be the, the borrower, but you should be the lender. You have a right to prosperity. Because he says that I wish that your soul be in good health. And I wish that you be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. You have a right to certain things. So those things you should declare. You should declare things over your finances. You should declare things over your body. But maybe the job opportunity that you're, you really want is an ask. You don't have to get that job. You don't have a right to that job. You need to ask. Because he says, ask in my name and I will do it. In my name means after my will, according to my will. If you ask it according to his will, if it's in his will, you'll get it. The first thing is that Elijah assumes the position. Letter B. The second thing is that You've got to know that in order to have effective prayers, you've got to pray for what you hear, not pray for what you hope. Pray for what you hear. Don't pray for what you hope for. There's a difference between praying according to what you hear and praying for what you hope for. Some of y'all in here are praying based on what you hope for God to do, but you haven't heard him say that he wants to do it yet. Uh, it, it brought this example to my remembrance. I must have been, Ro, I must have been like 11 years old, and I grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey. If you never heard of that, it's a suburban town in central Jersey. I grew up middle class. And so we lived in Piscataway. I was 11 years old. And I don't know, as I've been, I've always been wired this way. I, I, I love my hair, right? So I always try and have my hair together. And, and so my dad being Jamaican, he, I can have many stories about Jamaican fathers. But here's a good one, OSB. He's a Jamaican father. So that means He's not going to pay a barber to cut your hair. He's going to buy clippers and cut it himself. So that means you're going to have to go through days where you're going to school and your hair ain't right. Your hair ain't right. So, so it, I was 11 years old, and it was time for us to go to church. We used to go to church in New York. It was a big conference, and I'm 11, and I just said, Dad, 
You didn't have time to cut my hair. Come on, Dad, you didn't have time to cut my hair. I can't go to church like this. Dad, I need to go and get it cut. He was like, we don't have time, son. We're about to leave. We, we don't have time. I was like, Dad, we got about two hours. I, I, there's a shop in Piscataway, Dad, where I always ride my bike, and I could go to this shop. And he's like, what shop? I never heard of no barbershop in Piscataway. I was like, yeah, they got a barbershop in Piscataway. He was like, no, that's not a barbershop. Those are white barbers. <laughs> see, see, I'm making it a little uncomfortable for some of y'all in here. I love white people. I got white friends. You know what's funny is that whenever white people or other races trying to make black people feel comfortable, they say, I got black friends, right? Well, I'm, today I'm saying I got white friends, right? All right? I got white friends, and I said, you know, this is white barbershop, and I want to ride my bike to this barbershop to get my hair cut. My dad's like, don't go to that barbershop, son. They're not going to do your hair right. I said, Dad, it's a barber. A barber is a barber. Always be like, no way, sir. <laughs> I'm 11 years old. I'm like, a barber is a barber. He's like, don't go. I'm like, Dad, I got my own money. Let me go. He's like, okay, fine. You want a chance? It's your hair. Go. I ride my bike. I'm excited. I'm going to the barber shop. I sit down in the chair, and the barber's like, what kind of cut you want? I'm like, I just want a fade, a normal fade. And he starts cutting. Be, he starts cutting. And I'm looking in the mirror, I'm getting nervous, but I'm like, I'm gonna let him go. I'm 11, this is a 40 year old grown man, Caucasian man. And I'm like, I can't really, as a young kid, tell him what to do. So he's cutting, and then he says, he takes off um, the, 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 the cover, and then he flings it, he says, all done, son. I look in the mirror, and I said, no, 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 no. And I don't have the courage to speak up to him. So I hand him my money. I get on my bike. And remember how I was riding fast to the barbershop? I was riding slow. And I started crying on the way home. The tears started coming soon because I knew what was waiting for me at home. Because if you got black parents, yeah, black parents are unique. <laughs> I come in the hair, I come in the house with a jacked up haircut. And you would think my dad would have sympathy on me. He he yells at me. He says, what are you doing, boy? He goes off in patois. Patois is Jamaican slang. And he starts going off. Yeah, Miss Jean, yeah, you know about that. Hey, he goes off in it. And and not only does he go off and make me feel worse, he gives me one of the worst whoopings. Oh, y'all acting like you ain't have black parents or Caribbean parents. They have no sympathy on you. He said, boy, don't you ever waste my money again. I told you not to go to that barber, but you wanted to go anyway. And I bring up that story because a lot of us haven't heard from God what we should pray for. We're off on our own hoping that this is what God wants for us. So we go after jobs that God never told us about. 
and we pray, God, open up this job for me. God, open up this door for me. God, bless me with this opportunity. But we have not heard the voice of God that has said, pray for this job. And I will tell you that your prayers become far more effective when you have heard what to pray for before you pray. And Elijah has confidence in his prayer because God has told him, I am ready to bring rain back on the earth. You've got to see it in the text that Elijah knew to pray for rain because God told him to pray for rain. You've got to know to pray for the job because God tells you to pray for the job. You've got to know to pray to get into that university because God tells you to pray and it's time to go to school. Can you imagine how much better your marriage would be if you listen for what to pray for rather than hoping for what to pray for. And how many holes have you fallen into in life because you're praying for what you hope for, not praying for what you have heard. And God will direct your prayers, y'all. And it's tough. Because you want to get married, but have you really heard God say that? And you're crying and you're bawling, and you're losing sleep, and you're stressed out over what you heard, hoped for, not what you heard about. And I'm trying to save y'all some stress, that if we start praying for what we have heard, First, see, see, you don't start a church like we started here at Link Church unless you've heard God say, I want you to pastor. Be careful entering into certain things you hope about. I'm staying in this point a little bit long because I feel like somebody needs to hear this. That you're out there praying these prayers that are just your desires. But have you heard God say, this is what I want you to pray for? Maybe you would save yourself a lot of time and energy if you hear God say, I want you to start a business in finance. And I want you to be a business owner. Not your desire, but what he has already said. And I'm trying to tell you that God will often preempt your prayer. And he will tell you what to pray for if you are listening. ABCs of effective prayer. First, assume the position. Second, pray for what you have heard, not for what you hope for. The third thing, letter C, is... Elijah does something unique. He has this unique mechanism for how he is going to bring rain down on the earth. He institutes a strategy that I think we miss. He says, I'm not just going to pray, but I'm going to watch and pray. He, Elijah has his head buried in his knees. 
And he utilizes his servant to be his lookout. Because Elijah understands that he cannot bury his head in prayer and not have a way to watch. Because if you're so buried in your prayer and you're not looking for a sign, you will miss when God is giving you signs of what you're praying for. Oh, God is real up in here today, y'all. Yeah, because some of us are praying so hard, so tenaciously, so with so much stick-to-itiveness. We are praying so passionately that we have not realized the importance of praying and watching. And we miss signs. Could it be that God has already answered your prayer? But you are so consumed with the routine and ritual of praying, you have not noticed the sign in the sky. And Elijah is praying. And six times he says to his servant, go out and look in the sky. What do you see? And six times the servant comes back and says, I ain't got nothing, master. I don't see anything in the sky. And Elijah is praying, and a servant is watching. Elijah is praying, his servant is watching. Elijah is praying, his servant is watching. This is a unique style of praying, which I deem to be an effective style of praying. Because we often pray lonely prayers. What I mean by that is that we are so overcome with our situation that we don't tell anybody else about what we're going through. We lock ourselves in our closet and we pray by ourselves. There are times you may have to pray by yourself, but I feel like it can be very effective if you got a partner. Yes, sir. Link Church is all about living life connected. You can't go through life successfully if you go through life alone. Come on. And maybe your breakthrough in this season is going to come through how you connect to somebody else with the thing that you're praying about. And Elijah has this system because Elijah is pregnant in his spirit with rain. He is pregnant with rain. He can feel in his spirit and say, that he has rain. He has a rain anointing locked up in his spirit. He is pregnant like a pregnant woman. But when I looked at a pregnant woman and I considered my own experiences when my wife was bringing forth both of our children in childbirth, I realized something, y'all, that the person that is pregnant, the responsibility of that person is that when it's time to deliver the baby... It's their job to push. They can't watch. They can't look. And God is so wise. He he designed the body that if you're in a certain position with a certain size belly, you can't see the other side. And some of you are trying to push and watch. Y'all ain't with me today. You're trying to push 
and watch. But maybe God wants you to team up with somebody else that can do the watching while you do the pushing. Talk to us, sir. You need to find somebody that you trust with your prayer request that you know will pray with you and will go in the spirit and will watch for a sign. Because maybe you're so wrapped up in your situation you can't see signs. And they have a different perspective. Like the doctor has a different perspective. And the doctor can look at the woman. And the doctor can see signs. And I want to tell you that you need to find a partner. I believe there's more than enough partners here at Lake Church. There's more than enough partners in your small group. There's more than enough partners in this auditorium today that why are you trying to push out something so big by yourself? I believe that what you are carrying is so big. Come on. Is there anybody in the auditorium today that is carrying something huge? That, That it's a dream that is so big. You can feel that it's, so, it's a goal that is so big. Maybe it's a relationship that is so crucial to you. It's just big. And it's just something that is consuming your life. Well, when it comes to big things, you've got to enlist the help of a partner. You don't live your best life when you live life alone. And that does not mean you've got to get married. That does not mean you have to have a spouse. But that means you got to have a partner. And I don't care if you're in elementary school. I don't care if you're in middle school. I don't care if you're a grown adult. You gotta find a friend. Stop doing this thing alone. You're in middle school in here and a big and you just came came through exams. And maybe you're worried about the next year coming up. It's a big year coming up. Maybe you need to find a friend that you can hold on to and say, man. I'm a little nervous. Can you pray with me? Can you, can you help me out? Can you give me some advice? Stop doing this big thing by yourself. The servant of Elijah goes out to the mountain and he doesn't see anything in the sky. It is a cloudless sky. I don't know if you've ever seen a cloudless sky. But the Bible says that on the seventh time, Miss Jean, he, he looks and he can't believe it. Because I don't know about you, but repetition without results produces discouragement. And you can't tell me Better say that, again. that after six times of going out, he started to lose a little bit of hope. And somebody in here is doing repetitions, reps, without results. I don't know all the workout fanatics up in here. Y'all don't work out to not get results. You better say it. That would be discouraging. Yes, sir. But you work out and you exercise to get results. That's right. And his servant has been going six times and seeing nothing but on the seventh time. He says, wait, 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 wait. Oh, my. 
Oh my goodness, I see, I see, I see a cloud. Come on. But this cloud is the size of a man's hand. Now, out of all the times the Bible talks about clouds, in the book of Genesis, when, when the Bible talks about separating the firmaments, where God separated the firmaments, he separated the clouds, separated the waters. When, when the Bible talks about Christ coming back, riding on a, on a horse through the clouds, there's nothing, there is nothing, no other place in the scripture that we see a cloud described like this. This is a unique place, y'all, because in this text, this cloud has a description. It is the size of a man's hand. Now, I don't have extremely large hands for a man. I ain't got Kawhi Leonard hands. Yeah, all the dudes up in here know about the claw. I ain't got the claw hands, but, but th this cloud was like the size of a man's hand. And number one, how does he see this cloud? Well, he sees it because it is set on a backdrop of a cloudless sky. And when God is giving you signs, he will remove all of the distractions so that you can clearly see that it's him. If, if the sign is not clear, then maybe you need to go back and look again. Because when God speaks, it needs to be clear. And he sees this cloud the size of a man's hand. Now this tripped me out, y'all, because this cloud, it was really small. How could this size be in the sky? It's small. And, it, and if you're any kind of, a, of an exegetical preacher, or if you are an insightful reader of the Bible, it makes, things like this makes you pause. God didn't send a huge cloud, Osby. He didn't send a dark cloud. It wasn't described that way. It was described by its size. And I said, God, what does that mean? Why is it so small? And I realized, I'm going to give you all a bonus one. I, I know this was called the ABCs of effective prayer, but I got a letter D for y'all. And the letter D says that you're looking in the sky, and a lot of us miss these small signs because we're looking for the rain, and we're looking for the harvest. We're not looking for the seed. And letter four, letter D, number four, letter D, is look for the seed, don't look for the harvest. If your prayer is going to be effective, look for seeds, don't look for the harvest. Because God will not always, actually most of the time, he does not show you the harvest. He shows you the seed. And he requires that you trust him based on the seed. That if you see the seed, then you know the harvest is coming. And Elijah is praying. 
servant comes back to him and says, Master, I see a small seed in the sky. And Elijah does something that some of us don't do. Elijah stops praying. He stops praying because he sees a seed. He doesn't wait for the harvest to stop praying. He stops praying because he's seen the seed. And he realizes that when you have the seed, it's time to get to work. Holy God. When God gives you a seed, God gives you a deposit on a house. He gives you a deposit. He gives you the funds to put a deposit on the house. Not for you to wait for the house, but for you to get to work on buying the house. It's about the seed. And once you get the seed for the business, then you can trust God for the harvest. Elijah stops praying. Why are you still praying when God has given you a seed? Go work it, sir. Go work it. God in here today. You're wasting all of your time in sackcloth and in ashes and in supplication before your God. And you should have stopped praying and you should have been prepared preparing for the rain. You better say it. stops praying. He says to his servant, I need you to go. Go and tell Ahab to, to run and to go eat and to prepare for the rain is coming. Elijah packs up his stuff and he begins to go and he begins to get ready because he has seen a small seed. Don't you know that your God works with seeds? He works with seeds. When Jesus was on the earth, he did not need all the food in the beginning to feed the 5,000. All he needed was the seed that was the two fish and the five loaves of bread. Don't you know that your God moves off of a seed? And I don't know what seeds God is dropping in this auditorium today. I don't know what seeds he's dropping in your marriage. I don't know what seed he's dropping in your health. I don't know what seed he's dropping in your dreams. But you have got to start moving and move off the seed. You'll never get the harvest if you don't move off of a seed. And I need somebody in here to get excited, not about the harvest. Because you know the harvest is coming, but you're excited about the seed.
You gotta shout off of a C. 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 I need somebody to lift your hands off of this C. There is a C dropping in this auditorium. There is such an anointing in this place today. I feel it's thick. Yeah, it's hot, but in the spirit, it's thick in here today. And I feel like the presence of God is so strong in here today. And if you would just lift your hands and receive what God is trying to put in you, some of y'all need to push. Mm -hmm. Some of you need to push and connect with somebody else. Some of y'all need to trust the seed that you see. When we started this church, we came here. It was just my family, y'all. I called up my bro, my friend. I said, Ro, I'm going to start a church. And because he's the good friend that he is, he, he's the partner. Maybe he's the partner. I got a lot of partners in my life. My wife is a partner. I got friends that are partners. He said, man, I'm going to leave Georgia. I'm going to come with you. And while you pray, I'm going to watch. And we came, just two families. Didn't know one person. There was a long lost cousin that we didn't talk to on Genside that lived here. I had two friends and their assistant pastors at another church. Couldn't use them. We had to get here and we had to trust God over a seed. And, and God has shown me things in my spirit. But I don't think I've ever seen the full harvest. Because I didn't imagine Link Church to look like this. Link Church is looking better than I imagined. Come on, sir. Say it. Because the harvest is not always about the number. It's about the quality of your crops. Yes, sir. Because if you got good seed, it turns into good harvest. And the good harvest is reciprocal and turns into better seed. And it starts working. And when I look at Link Church today, I'm just like, God, I thank you that we trusted you based on a seed. We didn't have no harvest here, y'all. And I'm trying to drop the anointing that God has given me to start this church. I'm trying to drop it on y'all. I'm trying to drop it on for what you got to start. Because there's businesses in here that you have to start. Say it. There, there are CEOs in here. There are managers in here. Hallelujah. There are such great leaders in here. Yes, sir. There are husbands and wives Come in here. Come on, sir. And I'm trying to tell you that the ABCs of effective prayer is that you can do A, B, C. But if you're not ready to move off of the seed, if you read the text, everybody stands because I'm done. If you read the text, it's hot. We got to get up on it. If you read the text and keep going, Elijah packs up because he knows the rain is coming. 
And if you read it, you'll realize that if he had stayed where he was, the rain is so severe, it would have prevented him from his next destination. And if you stay too long and don't trust God and move off of the seed, you may miss your next purpose. You may miss your next appointment. And there's somebody in here today that your purpose is on the line today. You can't wait any longer. God has given you enough seed at this church to start moving in your purpose. It's high time you come the next. Because you're waiting for a harvest to move on your seed. And if you wait too long, you'll be stuck and you'll say, where did my purpose go? Where? I can't find my purpose anymore. I'm not motivated in my purpose anymore. And God is speaking to somebody today with just the seed. And he's saying, this is the church. This is where you make a difference. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.